AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point on this Friday, January 26th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. It's Friday Spread. Brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. If you missed the in-depth AFC and NFC championship game breakdowns, you can always podcast over at KDOS1060.com or with the KDOS1060 app. Uh, that was in our number one. We still have the $100 gift certificate available to you, our friends over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. They're located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Their weekend specials for you, certified Angus beef choice New York strip steak at $24.99 a pound, prime pork back ribs at $5.99 a pound, and fresh natural boneless skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. If those weekend specials don't strike your fancy, they have so much more to choose from that I guarantee. Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. First of all, yes. And then second of all, there will be something that you will enjoy with Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Uh, let's reset the scene with today's poll question and we'll do so with the kdos1060.com poll question. Which NFL championship game are you most looking forward to? The AFC continuing its lead from hour one of the extra point, 60% of the vote. NFC trailing at 40% of the vote. We'll officially answer that question around 1230. Plenty of time for you to cast your vote. Tossing it on over to X at KDUS AM 1060. Which quarterback do you trust more on Sunday? Jared Goff or Brock Purdy remains in a 50-50 split. Another question that gets answered around 1230 today. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. He's joining us around 1215 to dive heavy into the two remaining games on the Sunday slate. Looking forward to that conversation here shortly. But first... After an extensive amount of interviews that took place, 14 in all for the Falcons, they have settled on their candidate. It's Raheem Morris. Morris spent the last three seasons with the Rams as their defensive coordinator. He was part of winning a Super Bowl with the Rams in 2021. Now, I got myself all confused when I was talking to someone last night about this because I'm like, didn't Raheem Morris already work for the Falcons? And wasn't he already like their head coach? Yeah, in a sense, he was. He was the defensive coordinator with the Falcons in 2020 and was promoted to being the interim head coach when Dan Quinn was fired in 2020. He was also the head coach of the Buccaneers from 2009 to 2011, and they went 17-3 and in those three seasons. He got the rug pulled out from under him in Tampa. I mean, they, you know, the roster wasn't good, and it actually got worse while he was there. It had nothing to do with him. Uh, so I think the one thing that stands out to me, and you mentioned this last week, or maybe that was this week or recently, uh, the, you know, the less need, the Rams, you know, general manager or whatever his official title is, you know, you get the gist of what he does. He went way out of his way to publicly 
almost like campaign. I think he was campaigning uh, for Raheem Morris to be a head coach again. And usually you don't have teams, the general managers or chief executives of teams publicly doing that because they don't want to lose those guys. But in this case, he was so adamant and so passionate about this that I, I think that this certainly helped. It didn't hurt him getting this job. But it seems like everybody uh, on every network – uh, and, you know, uh, you know, Ryan Clark used to play for him. In fact, uh, he was very impassioned about this all week, let alone yesterday. In fact, he had uh, he mentioned yesterday, Ryan Clark on ESPN, that he had actually talked to Morris the day before that he ended up getting this job yesterday. And uh, he's really – everybody just seems to be like 100% unanimous, and this is a really good thing. Yeah, I think yeah, I was looking at who the quarterbacks were on the Bucks roster in 2009 <laughs> to 2011. It was like Josh Johnson, uh Rudy Carpenter and uh Rudy Carpenter. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so okay. uh, yeah, it was definitely not um not a great situation there, but certainly what he's been doing. I even saw Jalen Ramsey tweeting out um his congrats yes. and real enthusiasm for Raheem Morris in this particular situation. Now, specifically with what he's inheriting for the Falcons team here, defensively he's going to have Jesse Bates, he's going to have AJ Terrell, he's going to have Grady Jarrett. Uh so he's going to have a, a lot of really essential players to work with on the defensive side of the ball and hopefully maximize what they can do. In addition to that, though, uh, the question is going to be who's going to be your quarterback moving forward. Correct. I'll add Calais Campbell if he comes back and, you know, Calais you know, is uh, advanced age. Uh, played at a high level this year. Uh, he was injured a couple of times, including, unfortunately, in the last game. Uh, this regular season, but uh, he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he hasn't announced his retirement, and he played well enough this year where it's justified, you know, as far as uh, production-wise, if he comes back. Okay, you bring up the quarterback thing. There's been tons of talk about Justin Fields for weeks. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people believe that he's going to be back with the Bears, and uh, the Bears are going to have the first pick, and Caleb Williams seems to be the guy. And uh, the fact that they would trade to Justin Fields seems to be, I wouldn't say, a foregone conclusion. But if we were going to set an odds on this, certainly it would be a strong favor that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields. He's from the state of Georgia, which I don't think really should matter too much. But you would think that he'd be okay if he went back there uh, than play in the state of Georgia. Also, living in Atlanta, living in Chicago, I don't think there's you – know, Chicago is a great place for food. Uh, but the weather sucks, and that's why I don't live there anymore. <laughs> so there's that. And uh, anyway, so throw all those things together. And they've got offensive weapons for sure. They just need a quarterback that can distribute the ball with some efficiency, which they didn't get out of either guy last year. Yeah, you talk about weapons. I mean, are we finally going to see Kyle Pitts unleashed, Drake London, B. John Robinson throw in Tyler Algier as well? Uh, interesting as uh, to note here uh, that organizationally things are changing. General Manager Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris will actually now report directly to Arthur Blank and not CEO Rich McKay, as had been previously the structure of things. And I know that Rich McKay uh, was somebody that you brought up name-wise earlier on in the week. Yeah. 
that to me seems to be a really bad idea. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if they're respecting, if they're expecting a response or an opinion in a response, I would much rather get it from somebody who's been in the NFL or his father was obviously the infamous John McKay back in the day for Tampa Bay. Uh, but yeah, you know, I would rather you know be conversing with him than Arthur Blank, who obviously has done a great job as a businessman. I think he seems to be a really good dude, but I'm not going to Arthur Blank to Arthur Bank for football advice. Uh, the next question here with the Falcons all locked up locked up. Yesterday, the Panthers agreed to hire Dave Canales, giving him a six-year deal. There's only two remaining head coaching positions available. That's the Seahawks and the Commanders. So I think this is leading in the direction that Bill Belichick is going to be on the outside looking in for 2024, and it would be the first time in 49 years that Bill Belichick would not be part of the NFL in a coaching capacity. I was watching the Get Up show this morning. They were talking about this topic, and uh, I forgot who it was. I apologize. Uh, they kind of go through a cast of characters, and I'm not terribly familiar with all of them. But uh, one of them actually stood up and offered his seat for Bill Belichick to be on that show next year. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was good. <laughs> Belichick is sitting at 15 wins shy of Don Shula's all-time record. Um, You know, certainly at the age of 71, sitting out a year doesn't necessarily uh, lend itself to getting uh, getting closer to your goal of trying to break that record here. And maybe that also now puts you further away from teams wanting you to come back. I don't know. Possibilities, though, for 2025 could be the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones ended up electing to stick with Mike McCarthy this season but didn't extend his contract. And maybe there's thoughts here about the New York Giants because of how things have unfolded with Brian Dable. He was uh, the coach of the year two years ago. Plenty of quarterback injuries this year, but plenty of turnover experience with the coordinator situation here. And Bill Belichick does have an affinity for the Giants. So that's that would probably be circling around. Well, he's with the Jets for like 20 minutes, right? So, I mean, I would rather have the Jets roster than the Giants roster. Uh, but, you know, I did also, you know, there is a precedent for Super Bowl winning coaches uh, to sit out a year. Mike McCarthy, you mentioned. Uh, Peterson sat out a year, right, before he ended up in uh, in, in uh, Jacksonville. So, you know, that's that's those are just you know, that's twice in the last decade where guys have done that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there. That is true. Uh, just age is much different, right? Don't hold it to the old people. Come on. Hold it against us. Come on. No, I, I, it's not. It's <laughs> he's just, only four uh, years. He's only five years older than me. <laughs> it's just a lot to be a head coach. No, I don't disagree. It's a lot to be a talk show host. Damn it. Come on. <laughs> Or, or sidekick here in the in the two hours during the extra point. So, I think it's a lot, but you know that's just me. But uh, you know I think I do a rather thorough job most of the time. So, as does Belichick, well, at least when he, except for draft and Dr- free agency. Drafting not so much. <laughs> Developing Mac Jones not so much. Um, but. I don't think I don't think Mac Jones could. You know, there's not a person on earth that can develop Mac Jones. The problem was selecting Mac Jones. Thoro 
bonus continues on the other side. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, joins us as we get into the NFL props for the championship Sunday weekend ahead. That's next in the Extra Point. Check out the Doug Gottlieb Show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. We're popping on out to the KDOS hotline. It's Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Kyle, Bob, and Kayla, I mean, the stakes are high this weekend, but only two games are on the docket. Yeah, we're running out of games here. Three to go in the season. They should be three good ones. But like you said, I, I'm kind of sad. Like, it, these Sundays aren't the same. <laughs> Two games feels, feels light on a Sunday, and then we only get one the rest of the way. So I'm, I'm looking to make some money this weekend to kind of hold me over until next season. Well, let's get to it here, and we'll start with the AFC Championship game. So Patrick Mahomes, he's sitting here at 243 and a half passing yards. If Joe Tooney, though, isn't playing, the Ravens' D front could make themselves have a field day. Uh, he's very good, Patrick Mahomes, at eluding pressure and making crazy off-balance throws that are on target. But maybe instead of looking at yards, because Mahomes is just so good, should we instead look at pass attempts for him, which is sitting at 36 and a half i think the pass attempt makes sense but i'll go with the yards here because i do think there's going to be some shorter passes and this baltimore defense is just elite on so many fronts i'm with you that the over on pass attempts could hit but i'm more confident in under on his 243 and a half yards his yards per attempt down 17 percent when an underdog after thanksgiving compared to being when an underdog before thanksgiving so the weather has something to do with it he gets a little a little conservative here in the postseason. His ADOT drops about 8% once you get into the postseason from the playoffs. That means a lot of shallow passes, which could rack up the attempts in your path to victory here. But I don't think there's going to be a ton of yards because this Ravens defense is as good as it gets. So I'm going under 243 and a half passing yards. You want to play that with the over attempts? I think there's a world in which both hit and you're, you're looking okay. Okay, so for possible further confusion here, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, he's been good for us this season, but he isn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday this week with the toe. He's expected to play. The Ravens' defense is good, so we should we consider any Pacheco under props? I think you can go under his rushing yards if you're telling – like I would almost parlay it with the Ravens winning the game and or covering. I mean, if you're going to go – Pacheco, it's less of a health play for me and more of a game script. If you're going to go with Kayla's over-passing attempts for Mahomes, then naturally that's going to lead in to limited number of attempts for Pacheco. So I think you guys get together, make a same-game parlay here, go with the Ravens to cover, Mahomes over-attempts, <laughs> Pacheco under rushing yards, and you got yourself a nice little ticket there. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com here in the Extra Point. All right, so the Lamar Jackson side of the things here, he's at 66.5 rushing yards, 208.5 passing yards. The rushing angle certainly makes a lot of sense, especially if Willie Gay is limited. The Chiefs gave up some big plays last week to Josh Allen with his legs. Also, his longest rush prop is sitting at 17.5 yards. 
I think if you're going to go this direction, over 17 and a half for his longest rush makes a lot of sense. You're talking about the Chiefs. Second in pressure rate this season. Pressure, usually a good thing. I guess Lamar Jackson, I'm not so sure it is. He's gone over this number in four straight games, and we know the explosive pass that he has here. Gus Edwards in that backfield, not really the explosive takes the top off defenses type. You've got receiver. I mean, Mark Andrews is back now, so there's, there's some options there, but that's a lot of short-hitting, quick-passing games. If the Chiefs try to heat him up, I can see him getting loose for a, a gain of at least 20 yards. I don't mind going that route. I would go over on longest rush as opposed to r- rushing yards, thinking that they put him in a, in a box in a spy situation and they can hold him in check, but nobody can hold this man, the, the presumptive MVP, in check for 60 minutes. Okay, let me go with the running game for the uh, Ravens. You know, Justice Hill, out of necessity after injuries, uh, has become the Ravens' big play running back. Uh, there's all kinds. Of, you know, Kayla uses the term uh, if you you know dive into the weeds, or I mean, I'm paraphrasing her own her own uh, her own you know comment there. But if you get get into the weeds a little bit, uh, there's lots of props out there. Is there anything we can use with Justice Hill possibly taking advantage of that? I think you've got to pick your running back here. If you think it's going to be Justice Hill or Gus Edwards, there is avenue for one of them to go over their rushing total, both sitting at under 45 yards right now. That's not a big number in a game that we expect them to be leading. Kansas City gives up at least five yards on almost 36% of running back carries. That's the eighth highest rate in the league. So you don't necessarily need volume in a significant way for one of these running backs to cash a low total here. Just be careful about which one you're picking. Both played on early downs last week, like you said, Justice Hill kind of trending in the right direction. His yardage prop is still 10 yards under that of Gus Edwards. So I don't mind going that avenue if you're going to go with the Ravens running back. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com as we're breaking down the AFC Championship game from a prop perspective. Uh, receiving props. Travis Kelsey figured it out last week against the Bills. But I think we were all in agreement with that because the Bills were missing a lot of linebackers. This week, sitting at 62 and a half yards. Um, it's really hard to count out this Mahomes and Kelsey connection. But uh, with the way that this Ravens defense is, how do we uh, how do we look at this receiving core and the numbers for the receivers for the Chiefs? I think it's Rasheed Rice or kind of pass here. Obviously, none of the other receivers have established themselves as anything. One of them, if not two of them, will eventually make a big play here or there or at least get the chance to. But betting on that, no better than throwing darts here. If you want to go Travis Kelsey, I don't mind that. I'd be more tempted to go reception total than I would yards in any capacity. We haven't seen the big play really from Kelsey all season long. So if you're talking yards, you're not really leaving yourself access to much ceiling because he doesn't have – that big play equity. It's been since mid-October since he had a 30-yard catch. I mean, that's that's a long time to be banking. So if you're going over on the yards, you're basically betting on receptions as it is. So I'm going to go receptions over on Kelsey if you're going that direction. If you're looking at the yardage prop, though, I would be more tempted to go under than over. Okay, the other game, the uh, NFC game, uh, Jared Goff is everybody seems, I'm sure, to know at this point. He's excelled at home. Not as good on the road. Can we address that this week somehow? Yeah, I think you have to go under on pretty much everything golf-related. The only reason to think that he gets the 260 passing or two multiple passing touchdowns or anything like that is that you're telling yourself that the 49ers are dominating this game, which personally I think very well could happen. But the way you get to the 49ers right now 
is on the ground. And if Detroit's going to – I mean, the total doesn't suggest that Detroit's going to make this a grinded-out kind of game, but that might be their best path to victory in any in any sense. I don't think their way to remaining competitive here is to have Goff air it out 40, 42, 43 times. So I'm going under on just about everything Goff-related. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. I do want to go back to the AFC game for just a second here because we're seeing two really good kickers in this game. Uh, they have great histories in the playoffs as well as being great kickers in cold weather. Justin Tucker sitting at over under seven and a half points. Harrison Butker over under six and a half points. Does anything stand out to you about either of these kickers? It's funny. I think the confidence in the kickers, you're on to something here, but the potency of both offenses could also make these coaching staffs be overly aggressive. So I've got it in my same game parlay this week that there will not be a touchdown scored in every quarter. And part of that is because of these kickers. You get close, you look at Bucker, like you said, he's been accurate all season long, 39 out of 41 this season. You go on the other side, I don't have to tell you on Justin Tucker. He's only 50 out of 53 at home since 2021. That's over 94%. So you're looking at two elite kickers here. There's no need to really force the issue early on, understanding that there's going to be scoring opportunities. It's juiced heavily to not get a touchdown in every quarter, but I think it's a good play to put on the same game parlays. There's a lot of these websites that require you to put a third leg into these SGPs to get boosts, bonuses, whatever. I'm using that advantage, throwing that in there to you know up the payout a little bit. Okay, back to the other game. Uh, the Lions have unleashed Jameer Gibbs over the last month or so. Is there any remaining value attacking Gibbs props this week? I, I don't think that there's a ton there. Again, you got to be telling yourself a story where they remain competitive to get him there on the rushing. If you want to go over longest rushing attempt, think that he breaks one, I think it's possible. But his total, is it's surpassed Montgomery at this point. He's at 48 and a half, Montgomery at 42. If I'm attacking this backfield, I just want one carry. I want either a long carry for Gibbs or a touchdown for Montgomery. I think that's the way to play this as opposed to playing the volume game where you need access and you need access to a bunch of carries here, which I don't think is going to happen if San Fran holds the lead, holds the ball, limits the possession count for the Lions that you mentioned indoors versus outdoors, very different scoring environment. I don't think the Lions put a ton of points on the board that inherently limits the potential in the running game. So we're not certain what's happening with Debo Samuel and his availability. Uh, regardless if he is available or not, I could see a scenario where you try to get Christian McCaffrey involved in the screen game to also try to offset Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions pass rush. Also, the uh, plenty of different safety blitzes that have been coming coming in the, the playoffs here for Aaron Glenn on the defensive side of the ball. So at 34 and a half for Christian McCaffrey, is that worth taking a look at? I like the angle here. I think you're in the right zip code, wrong house, though. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk over Christian McCaffrey. I don't mind McCaffrey. It's just they can get him the ball in so many ways. Some of those swing, swing passes, they look like passes, and then it's, ah, it's just behind the line of scrimmage, and it counts as a rush. So that kind of hurts. Brandon Ayuk has been dynamite in these spots. San Francisco has played five games against bottom 12 pass defenses this year. He's caught 79% of his targets in those games. He's averaging almost 120 receiving yards in those games, he's gone over 110 in four of those five games with a 28-yard catch or greater in all of them. So, I mean, you're looking at Brandon Ayuk in that feature role. Whether Debo Samuel's active or not, I would actually wait to place this one. I think Debo Samuel's going to play, 
So as we get closer, if that becomes clear, Ayuk's number could drop a little bit. Same could happen for McCaffrey. So I would wait on the San Francisco receiving props for now. Wait till Debo, if he's activated, then pounce. I think you could be on the right track here with McCaffrey or Ayuk. I personally prefer Ayuk. Okay, I'm kind of with you on the Ayuk thing. I'm also still curious about George Kittle. He's been much better at home than he has been on the road. They came through last week with the anytime touchdown that we talked about. The Lions have had significant issues in some games this year, and I mean significant, with tight ends. So how about the anytime touchdown again for Kittle? I don't mind that. I mean, the case for Kittle is pretty straightforward. I don't think you take his traditional props really in any sense, because he's either going to go over or under these numbers by like 30 or 40 or 50 yards. We saw 81 yards last week. So his game before, 29. The game before that, 126. So he's going to be all over the place. If you want to isolate the touchdown, I don't mind that angle. I do prefer that if Debo Samuel is out. With Debo there, you've got another rushing threat on the ground. You've got the short passing attack. You've got the yak monster that is just impossible to bring down in those short yardage situations. So you've got my interest in Kittle. If Debo's out, if Debo's in, not as sold. Defensively, Nick Bosa is a whopping minus 210 to record a sack, so there's not a whole lot of value there. Aiden Hutchinson is uh, uh, to record a sack at minus 120. Is there anything that you would do defensively here? Or I guess I could also throw in the AFC Championship game. Anything you would do defensively on that side of the ball? I think if you're going to target this spot, a guy like Aiden Hutchinson makes some sense. But he doesn't check either box here. Brock Purdy, not really a threat to run. And I expect Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions to be playing from behind. So if you're going to go the defensive route, I prefer to take a Chiefs or realistically only a Chiefs. You're playing a mobile quarterback here. We expect the Chiefs to be competitive. I I do think they lose that game, but they should be competitive. In that environment, you're better off for a sack because you've got Lamar Jackson could run into a sack. Brock Purdy is not going to do that for Aiden Hutchinson especially if they're playing from behind by a score or two. Okay, back to the just two games this week angle. And quite frankly, I'm having a rough time handicapping both these games and don't have a whole lot. So that's one of the reasons I have fewer questions. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably fishing here, but you know, Josh Reynolds has come up in our conversations the last couple of weeks. Anything Reynolds or, you know, Niners third wide receiver, Juwan Jennings, if Samuel is out this week? Jennings would be more interesting. I can't get there on Josh Reynolds. The profile is just not there with Donovan Peoples-Jones in the mix. There's a lot of moving pieces here. If you're going to go Reynolds, you're telling yourself the story that they fall behind and it's pass-heavy early and often. And if you're going to go that route, I would just prefer to go Jared Goff instead of trying to throw a dart and hit it on the right next receiver. Sam Laporta seems reasonably healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown, I like his under, but he's clearly the target volume in that spot. And Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield, too. So I'm not messing around with third receivers here. Jawan Jennings, if I have to pick one, but to be honest with you, none of them are getting my money this week. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. So they offer up some really interesting, fun props for the whole weekend here, like the highest scoring team with the 49ers at minus 120, Ravens plus 280, Lions plus 550, Chiefs plus 700. Game theory obviously comes into play here for both of these contests and then figuring out if there's any value left after the game theory. Lowest scoring team is Chiefs at plus 135, Lions plus 175, Ravens plus 
plus 380 and 49ers at 10 to 1. So break down for us what you kind of think of game theory wise and if you see any value in any of these directions. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the play in these markets you have to pick your winner before you do anything you're not going to say the 49ers are going to win and then they're going to be the lowest scoring team (laughs) on the field even at the high price tag here but in the prices you just gave me i like the ravens to be the highest scoring team there obviously you're you're kind of picking from two teams here if you think that the ravens and 49ers are going to win i do think that patrick mahomes has a greater chance to kind of push the ravens in a need to score situation over jared goff against the 49ers you guys mentioned bob you mentioned Goff on the road here, not the same. If Detroit can't get past 15, 17 points, what is to motivate the 49ers to get into the mid-30s? I, I don't see that happening even with the high total. They're vulnerable. Them, the 49ers are vulnerable on the ground, not so much through the air. They could very much force the Lions to be one-dimensional. I could see that being like a 30-10 to 10 kind of game. If the Ravens and Chiefs got up and going and they're shooting out, Patrick Mahomes is having himself a day running around the MVP and Lamar Jackson is making plays against a high-pressure Chiefs defense that could let him, you know, could have bigger plays than normal for this offense. I think that game's got a better chance to shoot out, better game, better chance to be competitive down the stretch, which means pushing the ball down the field. Which means being aggressive in the later stages of the game, and that's realistically all I'm looking for, to be the highest-scoring team on this slate. I want you to be aggressive and in an advantageous spot for all four quarters to me. At plus 280, the Ravens offer that. And finally here, Kyle, before we let you go, is there anything that uh, we haven't touched on that you really like or stands out to you? I mentioned it quickly. I think Amon Ross St. Brown under 85 and a half receiving yards is interesting. I understand he's one of the best receivers in all of football right now. And he's been virtually unstoppable. He gets double digit targets every single week, but Detroit's played four games against top 12 defenses, which is or top 12 pass defenses, which is obviously what they're going to see here. 6.4 yards per attempt, and he never got to 80 yards in any of those games. You're talking six and a half yards as an attempt. You're going to have to see 13, 14 targets. That's a tall order to assume that that's what he's going to have, and that's only if he gets to the 6.4 that he's been averaging per target. If it's even lower than that, he might have to flirt with 20 targets to get to this number. Not a fan of Amon Ross St. Brown in this spot. Like him overall, like him for fantasy, all that good stuff, under 85 and a half receiving yards this weekend against the 49ers. Kyle, as always, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us, break everything down in a simplistic way for us to understand, and let's get ourselves some winners in the uh, NFL championship weekend. Let's do it. And then we got the Super Bowl, which is uh, we could go, we could talk for a half hour on Super Bowl props alone. <laughs> that is absolutely the truth. Looking forward to doing that with you, uh, but we'll have a good Sunday first. Sounds good. All right, Kyle Soppy there, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Uh, he's always fun to speak with and get his side of things. You yeah. know, I appreciate how he uh, phrased it, that I'm in the right zip code, just the wrong house. <laughs> that made me feel okay. good. Yeah, That's my whole life. So there you go. Um, you know, the other thing is, I guess we're not going to have like a uh, you know, Pro Bowl uh, flag football prop segment next week. Uh, you know, it wasn't top of mind. I was actually thinking uh, of other ways to see if Kyle wanted to join the show, but Pro Bowl discussion was not one of them. So I'll uh, okay. either that okay. or we'll just get ready for the Super Bowl. Okay, I'll scratch that off my list here. Okay, no Pro Bowl, prop bet, flag football. Okay, got it.
poll questions. They're coming up next here in the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060 on this Friday, January 26th. Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Thanks to Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, and PFNBetting.com for his time in the show discussing AFC, NFC championship props. If you missed the conversation podcast over at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app, welcome back. It is the extra point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you on this Friday, January 26th. It's time to get into the poll questions for the day and the KDOS1060.com poll question leads us off. Which NFL championship game are you most looking forward to? Well, I can actually make a case for both sides here, but I'm going to go with, I think the most, uh, I'm actually, I thought this would be like close to 100%, quite frankly, because I just thought that the voters would opt for Lamar Jackson against against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, The case on the other side is I actually think the San Francisco-Detroit game could have more strategy. So if you're into the X and O's things, so that you're a, if you're like a coach or long to be a coach or whatever, if you're into the uh, X's and O's, I think maybe you can make a really good case for San Francisco and Detroit. But uh, rarely, uh, normally I would go on that side, quite frankly. But uh, I'm kind of in the entertainment. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm opting for the entertainment side here uh, with the Mahomes against Jackson. I'm just hoping that it's not going to rain too hard. And it appears it's going to rain during this game at some point. Uh, the weather forecast has actually changed in the last, like, hour or two here. Uh, so check your local listings and see what it looks like on uh, on Saturday in Baltimore, excuse me, Sunday in Baltimore. But uh, I'm going to opt for the uh, quarterback shootout because I think that has a, a chance to be an epic game. I don't think the San Francisco-Detroit game has a chance to be an epic game. Yeah, this is a tough question for me to answer because I love football. So I'm looking forward to both of these games. It's for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. In addition to that, we're winding down with how many of these games we get to keep watching. Uh, if you want to talk about the narratives, quote unquote, um, you know, have Patrick Mahomes and his playoff success. You have the Ravens and their domination this season. Can they get over the hump with this particular group of players on the Ravens team? You have Patrick Mahomes, uh, multi-MVP winner. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's won an MVP, might be winning another one. So uh, those two going to battle in a playoff-type situation could be fun to see how that unfolds. On the NFC side of things, the Lions, they're looking to go to their first-ever Super Bowl. So uh, just kind of everyone really embracing uh, this Lions team and what they've been able to do. Uh, Offensively, they're very entertaining Aiden Hutchinson has been great. They've, I don't want to go so far as to say they're America's team or anything like that, but I think there's a little bit of, of soft spot in people's hearts to see this Lions group uh, go for it all and, and see what they can do and punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. The 49ers, for them, on a narrative side of things, this team has been up for this moment for a while. We've talked about it plenty that uh, it potentially is the last time that this team could be up for it all with this particular 
particular group of group of players, key group of players, just because of salary cap implications here upcoming. So are they able to get over that that hurdle and make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl? Uh, so I think there's a lot of different cool things to pay attention to here. Um, so I, I can't pick. I, I, I'm excited for both games. Oh, come on. I, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I mean, you can only watch one game. If you were going to, if, you know, if, if KDUS said you can go cover one game, which game would you pick to go cover? Uh, man, I don't know. I guess I've oh. seen Patrick Mahomes live, and that was pretty cool. So since I haven't seen saw Lamar Jackson live too. That's true. That's true. But not yeah. in a, a playoff situation or okay. something along those natures. So I guess I would go the Lions side of things. Okay, so I got at least I got you to answer the question. Yeah, so I but I mean, I'm just I'm, excited I'm, I'm, I'm for I'm it all. I've accomplished. Well, I am too, and I say I cited both cases there, but. It's an either-or situation here, or it wouldn't be a poll question. <laughs> the masses, though, they're on the AFC side of things at 59% of the vote. NFC sitting at 41% of the votes. KDOS 1060.com. I'm actually surprised. I'm really surprised this isn't much higher. In fact, the one reason I almost didn't do this question is because I thought it'd be pretty close to 100%. On the AFC side? Yes, because of the quarterback matchup. Over on X at KDOS AM 1060, which QB do you trust more on Sunday, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? It's hard to ignore, um, you know, the home versus road for the Lions this season and also uh, home versus road for Goff here. But and it's also hard to ignore the numbers that I read off in hour one about how there are in the outdoors versus indoors. And they haven't had a whole lot of playing experience outdoors so far this season in their last 12 contests. However, Jared Goff really does seem like he has flipped a switch to another level of confidence, and he's playing really well. He's also being put in positions to succeed. I think the the whole offense is really kind of coming together here. Brock Purdy, there's no weather expected on Sunday, so I think that that kind of eliminates some of the things and uncharacteristic things that we saw in that Sunday game against the Packers. And because I also bring up in the clutch moments that last drive that the Pack or that the uh, 49ers had to win it all, he was good. Uh, so he showed up big. I'm going to say um, bio a whisker here, Brock Purdy. Okay, I'm going to do more than a whisker. Uh, I'm going to kind of rephrase my own question here. Uh, I actually think that Goff is much more likely to have a bad game than Purdy. And any either of these guys, if they have a bad game, their team's done. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to go on the on – the, uh, I'm going with the Brock Purdy thing here. I'm just kind of amazed at how he's just been trashed. Uh, by seemingly every network television analyst in the last week because he had a bad game in the rain. Uh, so I think there's more evidence of Goff on the road, and you went through all those numbers, and I didn't even realize that they only played like one road game in the last like seemingly two months. Uh, so that I didn't even realize was that extent of their, their lack of road games. It's supposed to be like close to perfect conditions on Sunday, so... And that hasn't really changed all week long, and it seems like that that's been constant. So I'm guessing that that's going to be what it's going to be Sunday as far as uh, San Francisco weather. Better than Baltimore weather for sure. So I'm going Purdy here. And also, I just uh, yeah, while I certainly think that Johnson's done a really nice job as the offensive coordinator in Detroit, 
I just trust Shanahan to get his guys the ball, no matter whether Debo plays or not. The mass is completely undecided here in a 50-50 split between Goff and uh, Purdy. That's on X at KDOS AM 1060. And I guess in fairness, I should point out that by a whisker is because I guess... I, I, I guess I'm hopped on the Jared Goff is just kind of playing with that level of confidence that also you can't quantify that in any particular way, shape, or form. It's just something has kind of clicked for him. Um, maybe maybe embracing how much pressure he was under to play well against Matthew Stafford and it carried over into the game against the Bucks. Like That's where I thought maybe there would be a little bit mm-hmm. of a letdown, and he looked good there too. And he also, he made four plays in the fourth quarter like Purdy did. Uh, not the one drive, but two drives. I mean, that game was tied, and they went right down the field two straight times, albeit against the Buccaneers secondary without two of their key defensive backs. We wrap it up on the other side of the break right here on KDOS AM 1060. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. Sixth edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, I mentioned it's Friday. That means it's Friday spread. And it's time for you to be the winner of the Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift certificate. Caller number two today, right now, 602-260-1060 is today's winner. Make sure you're coming with today's play as or the weekend's play as we are 14-5 and five and looking for three in a row this weekend. 602-260-1060, you're the winner of our $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits as caller number two. I'll get into the weekend specials here momentarily, but Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for uh, listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guests today, plural, are uh, we had an NFL Conference Championship game preview with Cody Benjamin from CBSSports.com. Check that out. We also talked to Cody uh, some towards the end of that interview uh, with uh, about some of the coaching moves this week, and he likes one of them a lot and is a little suspect uh, about one of them. Uh, so check all that out uh, if you want a podcast, which you all should do if you missed it live, or even if you watch, listen to it live, you should podcast again. And also, of course, we had our NFL Prop Bet segment in this hour with Cal Sapi from uh, Pro Football Network. Always uh, entertaining and informative, and that man has you know, tons of details. It's a wonderful thing. I love details and I love stats. Uh, especially if they back up a couple of my opinions. <laughs> so that's even better. Uh, Saturday, courtesy of Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN, and also Pac-12 Networks. 
And as always, special thanks to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla is going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from 1 to 3 p.m., it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster-Bierstein from 5 to 6, and then right at 6 o'clock, we have ASU women's basketball set to take on uh, Stanford. That'll get underway right at 6 o'clock with Jeff Munn on the call. Congratulations is in order to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Vaughn Hansen's Meats and Spirits. And here's the play, Bob. Under Uh-oh. 51 and a half Lions 49ers. Oh, I don't like this one. <laughs> if, if there's actually, uh, I'm waiting to see what the weather looks like just to make sure it's perfect in San Francisco. And if Debo is running around the field before the game and looks like he's okay. I actually like the opposite side of this game, so um, sorry. It's all right. <laughs> by the way, by the way, point spread wise, I mentioned earlier during the sports zone and then during the extra point here that I, I, now I don't see anything but fours for the most part worldwide involving Baltimore uh, being now a four point favorite over the Chiefs. However, uh, the seven and a halfs that popped up in some locations this morning. Or last night, one of the two. I wasn't looking at the point spreads last night. Uh, the seven and a half with San Francisco. Those seemingly have all kind of, for the most part, gone back to seven. So I'm guessing there were some sports book operators that just needed to get some Detroit money. And after they got that, they've gone back to seven. The weekend specials for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, uh, certified Angus Beef Choice New York Strip Steak at $24.99 a pound, prime pork back ribs at $5.99 a pound, and then we have the fresh, natural, boneless, skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. Pay them a visit over at 2390 North Ulma School in Chandler, as well as visit them online at vonhansensmeats.net. Bob, tonight it's the Suns and the Pacers, 5 p.m. on 3TV as that contest is in Indiana. And then Chiefs at uh, Ravens to get things started on Sunday, 1 p.m. on CBS. And then the Lions at the 49ers, Sunday, 4.30 p.m. on Fox with what could be Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson's final call together. Oh, what, Brady showing up next year? That's the, the prevailing thought. That's maybe okay, maybe not, because I think Olsen's really good. There's also been random rumors swirling that maybe CBS would want to go after Greg Olsen. But they I would. Understand. I would. I would do that. I mean, if it means no Tony Romo, I'm totally in favor of that. Everyone, have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Looking forward to talking with you on Monday. The Sports Zone gets it started for us.